friends. Thanks for joining us on the Equipping You podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast will encourage and equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead their churches well. For more information about the Christ-centered Acts 1-8 Alliance family, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You Podcast. This is Season 10, Episode 8. Ocho. Ocho. We're coming to you today from Ohio, where if a restaurant serves horse meat, the law says they are required to display on a sign, horse meat served here. I am actually really thankful that I have not seen that sign on any Ohio restaurant window that I have attended yet. Perhaps it gives us some ideas for lunch today. It does not. How do you know it's not good, Alan? Um, I'm not going to answer that question, Terry. It could be the main course. Oh my goodness. I'm Terry, church ministries leader for the Alliance. We got to hoof it on out of here and get on with this conversation. Yes, so yes. Uh, let's, let's do that. Should we? Go ahead. Who are you? I'm Terry. Uh, I'm Alan, uh, Director of Development in Eastern PA. <laughs> I cue you up, Alan, and you, you just don't catch it. Man. Uh, Come on. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, great. So today we're going to talk to Marv Nelson, Alliance Pastor in, this is really confusing, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. So is it Indiana or Pennsylvania? It's like on both sides of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> Uh, That's true. You know, Indiana, Pennsylvania, there's California, Pennsylvania. I know, we have California, Pennsylvania, yeah. We really, do. really gets confusing. It but does. And that's also a university, California that's University right. of Pennsylvania. That's right. Uh, we're going to talk to, we did talk to in this season, Alan Hanna yeah. from Allegheny Center, and his yeah. son is a basketball player at California University. All right, Pennsylvania. all right, absolutely. So, uh, come here for excellent insight and information. So Marv is an up-and-coming leader. Yeah, for in sure. the alliance, and uh, he's also a writer. So, uh, what, what's your been your exposure to uh, Marv? Uh, Marv and I have not had a lot of great personal interaction, but the month we've had, I've really enjoyed it. We've had good conversation. I appreciate contributions he makes uh, in other conversations that I'm part of, even when it's not just about me. Uh, we, I had the privilege of him actually jumping, uh, bumping into him coming back from council, uh, and. You know, it's like oh, twelve thirty in the morning, but it was just—I <laughs> uh, was like, I got energized, you yeah. know, for that to get going here because of that conversation. He's always winsome, always encouraging. Uh, I love that he loves the alliance. Yep, you know, absolutely, he's, he's in and uh, not just trying to do his thing, but trying to be part of the family. And uh, I'm really thankful for him. Amen. Me too. So grab yourself a Saranac 1888 sparkling lemonade. Wow. Handcrafted, whatever that means. Uh, Sit back, relax. Here we go. And we're pleased to welcome Marv Nelson to Equipping You Podcast. Marv, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is going to be a blast. It is going to be a blast. We're looking forward to it. So help our listeners get to know you a bit by uh, telling some of your background, how you came to know Christ, how you wound up in Alliance Ministry. Yeah, well, uh, I grew up in the Alliance. I was born uh, when my dad was in Canadian Bible College, and uh, I was born in Canada while he was in seminary there with the Alliance. Wow. And uh, he took a pastorate in western Pennsylvania, 
And I remember uh, very vividly when I came to Christ, my dad was showing the thief in the night uh, during uh, a Sunday night service. Oh, man. Yeah. And you've been uh, left behind. Man, that's such a scary song. It's like a horror film. (laughs) It is. But but, uh, I was five years old, and my dad wanted me to watch it. And as I was watching it, I just got more and more terrified about going to hell. Wow. And uh, I always tell people that uh, when I accepted Christ, that that movie literally, not figuratively, literally scared the hell out of me. Mm. <laughs> nice. Nicely put. Yeah. I put that. Yeah. And so then um, we did have a rough patch in my family. My parents got divorced, mm. and um, my dad actually tried to commit suicide. Wow. Mm. And so it was a really, really tough time in our lives, and I kind of fell away from my faith. But uh, in fifth grade, I started Bible quizzing at uh, Chapel Hill uh, Alliance Church in Ohio, in Akron. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, yeah, we were going through the book of Matthew, and oh, man, it just convicted me as a, as a fifth grader. And I rededicated my life to Christ. My dad was back walking with the Lord. In sixth grade, he baptized me at Chapel Hill. Uh, Jeff Miller at the time let him do that. Um, Wow. And so that was, it was powerful, man. And uh, that summer, I went to Global Impact uh, at Allegheny Center Alliance Church. And there, a uh, a missionary from Russia, I think his first name was David, he was talking about um, ministry. And at that time, I just felt convicted to go forward. And I gave my life to ministry and never looked back. The, my freshman year, I felt called to go to Nyack College, was trained at Nyack College. Uh, it was a life-changing experience for me. And by the time I was a junior in, in college, I, in March of that year, accepted my first pastorate at Living Christ Church. It used to be Simpson Memorial Church mm-hmm. back in the day. Yep. 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 And I was the associate youth minister there. And then moved to Pittsburgh, was a middle school pastor, then a uh, a college church plant pastor at the University of Pittsburgh, go Pitt, yeah. in the pit. and then now I'm here at Indiana. So I've been in ministry a long time as a young guy. Well, Fantastic. and I see you're supporting That's some. My background. Uh, I see you supporting some black and gold there today. So uh, you know. That's right, Pittsburgh Steelers. Last season was our first season that we included video. So in light of that, I believe you're the first pastor to actually, or guest, to actually sport their team colors on video. So congrats on that. Um, so good job. All right. There so, you go. Thanks. There you go. That's good. So well, we're a fan of Mike Tomlin on this podcast, so it's hard we to are. argue with that. So we are. Good deal. Good de- Even though, on the record, I am not a Steelers fan, we know that, but nonetheless. I'm not a Steelers fan either, but I've had a soft place in my heart for them ever since the immaculate reception. Wow, that's a long Franco time. Harris. That goes back. Before you were alive, I can assure you, Marv. Yes, that is absolutely true. But I've seen the vintage video, and yeah. it's beautiful. Well, I was watching the vintage TV live that day. It was an amazing oh, thing. <laughs> I was not watching that live, just to be clear. Um, but anyhow. 21-inch uh, black and white. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it's time to move on here. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, uh, Mara, boy, I really appreciate your story. There's a lot of pieces there I didn't know and appreciate you sharing uh, God's work in your life. Beautiful stuff there. Um, so, you know, one of the th- questions we love to ask all of our guests is who are 
you know, a couple, maybe three leaders who have influenced you and shaped who you are as a person or as a pastor. We'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I uh, I think dead leaders also can continue to challenge through their writing. So for me, it's you know the de- the dead writer, if you will, was uh, A. W. Tozer. Mm. Uh, I started reading him young. The pursuit of God transformed my understanding of my relationship with Christ and how I'm to pursue a deeper relationship with Him. So his writings, and I've listened to his vintage tapes. Happy Camp has cassette tapes of his uh, yes. speaking there, and well, so does the national office. So I, I have uh, I've spent a lot of time with Tozer in his in his writings. And then those who are alive, um, Ron Walborn at, uh, at Nyack College, he really took me under his wing there. And, you know, he taught this class, Personal Spiritual Formation, that really transformed my relationship with Christ. It was the very first time I was filled with the Holy Spirit was in that class. And that feeling transformed my life where I became super hungry for reading, where I used to just, you know, kind of put the the minutes in for courses. I began to voraciously read. uh, And that's where I found Tozer really in that time. And then I started writing. I, I had never had a desire to write. But after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I couldn't stop writing. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, dude, I can't I can't explain it. It was just uh, just the Lord in that. And then the third person who really invested deeply in me is Rock Dillman. I worked uh, at Allegheny Center Alliance Church for nine years. Mm. And when I started the uh, Pitt Church plant, every Thursday we'd get together and we would uh, hash out each other's sermons. And uh, I, every year, would probably have small input into what he spoke on, but Every Thursday, he would continuously make my preaching better, wow. and so I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent communicator because of Ron and Rock's investment in my life. Love to hear Fantastic. that. That's good. Great hey, uh, a little segue there. Uh, so similarity. Uh, my expo- I grew up outside the Alliance, so first connection to the Alliance was A. W. Tozer. Had to read Knowledge of the Holy in Bible College, but then on my own I read Pursuit of God and it rocked my world. You know, really that helped me see for the first time that God really loved me and not just a doctrine on paper. But when I first took my first ministry role, Terry, at First Alliance Church uh, in Harrisburg, there was an old lady there who at one time had the largest collection of vintage A.W. Tozer cassettes. Her name was Ruth Ranshaw. And I cut her grass uh, and she always made sure that I went home with an A.W. Tozer cassette tape uh, to listen to. So I listened to a bunch of those as well. uh, And it was great because they really were vintage. You know, you could, you know, that quality, but yet felt cool to listen to, you know, and uh, I really appreciate that. And when she passed away, she gave that uh, collection away. I think the Alliance has some of those. I Hmm. think some other people have pieces of them, but it's good. I, I love that bond. Didn't know we had that connection. That's cool, man. I think I think the word you were looking for was elderly lady, not old lady, Alan. But other than that, that was a great story. <laughs> no, so I, you know, Terry, I'm going to push back on that because if you knew Ruth, she'd be fine being called an old lady, okay. and she was, she she was the, the classified as a sweet old lady. That's that's how I remember her, and so yes, in other contexts, I would have to do that. All but right. this one, I'm going to go with that because she she was dear to me, and she would be fine with that in her case. So if you have a problem with that, email Alan Rathbun Please do. at... No, I won't give you email address. <laughs> yes. So yeah. you, you, rewrote, you rewrote, uh, Marv, uh, an A.B. Simpson book, Land of Promise. And so first, what stirred your interest to, to rewrite 
the book, any book, uh, and, and tell us about the topic of this book and why you were drawn to it in particular. Yeah, I a uh, pastor gave me uh, a lot of Alliance books a long time ago, and I actually have a, uh, a first copy of Tozer's Pursuit of God. Um, but in this collection was A.B. Simpson. I have some originals of his, but this was a 1969 rewrite that I was reading through of The Land of Promise. And uh, as I was reading this book, I found myself convicted. I found myself highlighting almost everything. And then uh, as soon as I was done with the book, I thought, I want to read this book again. And so I went through the book and took a pen and underlined new stuff and under <laughs> re-underlined some highlighting stuff. And, uh, I, you know, it just it, it was such a, uh, a meaningful book to me because when I was in college, uh, the Lord gave me the spiritual name of Joshua. And this book is all about Joshua's journey. And so I saw a lot of what God was calling me to as a pastor, as a believer uh, in, in this book. And I read it a third time, and after the third time, I just felt like the Lord was saying, we got to get this this back in the hands of Alliance leaders and Alliance people, because the the depth of sanctification, the, the depth of backsliding that he highlights in Israel's history and challenges the church, he integrates Israel and the church together in how uh, we need to follow the Lord and how we are so similar to Israel. And the, the importance of the Holy Spirit in this book and the, 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 the constant theme was we don't need smarter leaders. We need surrendered leaders. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think in our, in our seminary age and all of what we've been walking through is, is mostly head knowledge yeah. for a long time. And he really uh, talked about the importance of heart knowledge. And so I contacted James L. Snyder, who actually does all of the – Tozer rewrites right now. He does all the compilations and he and I became friends and I talked to him about this project and he said, you have to do it. And he said, you need to to modernize it and you need to write a study guide at the end uh, in order for people to connect deeper and give an opportunity for uh, Bible study. So I began to do that on my own and I planned on James helping me promote it and get it published. But he had a massive heart attack and he said, hey, I'd, I'd suggest you reach out to Alliance Leadership. And while I was uh, at my demon class that uh, Tim Meyer was 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 teaching, I you know we went to a lunch or dinner together, and I pitched the idea to him, and he loved it, and he brought it to uh, President Stumbo, and then that's that's how it all got in the hands of uh, actually being published. Hmm, that is a really cool part of the story no, too. Fantastic. I love how this is coming together. Believe it or not, here we go. I know this, Terry. Hang on here. I literally was just talking about James Snyder two days ago. Uh, I preached at the church that he uh, he was he didn't plant the church, but New Buffalo Alliance Church. Terry knows the church well, oh. but uh, another church actually the f- pastor that preached evening services to plant it. But he was the first pastor they called, uh, and uh, he is well known in our district from back in those days for his love of Tozer, and uh, and actually my friend Ruth Ranshaw, the sweet elderly lady. Uh, was you. friends with him as well over that their common thing there. So. He was a good friend of mine. We both pastor churches in Jacksonville. I, I've since he wrote the biography of Doctor Tozer. I, that's my nickname for Jim. I call him Doctor Tozer, and I've <laughs> accused him of mowing his yard with a coat and tie on, and I think it's true. <laughs> 
Oh, he would. He would definitely <laughs> he would do, do that. that. That's funny. That's great. Well, I'm glad for that connection. Glad for that friendship for you. So, you know, uh, you uh, and also Steve Grusendorf, you know, modernizing the fourfold gospel, you know, put this on our horizon together. Uh, and we're really thankful for that. Uh, and now, you know, every one of our workers has to read the fourfold gospel. So they're always exposed to that in their ordination. But not everybody has to read Land of Promise. So you're helping that a lot. And so I'm thankful. But why would you say it's important to modernize these? Uh, you know, why can't we just let them, let them be the way they are? Well, if you've ever read an original Simpson book, you probably wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so I he asked just the accused you of never reading a Simpson book. He did book. not. Defend did. yourself. I, I'm ordained in the Alliance. I had to read Fourfold Gospel at least. Uh, well, you, you'd understand then uh, that <laughs> wow. his... I'm just messing with you. I know but, you are, and I love that about you. So keep, that you can mess with me all you want. Keep Terry messing. does it too. Good, good. We all deserve a little bit of humility. Amen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's difficult sometimes to follow. Uh, one of the things that I discovered about him is that he constantly quotes people, but he never, ever, ever cites them. <laughs> and so you're wondering, where in the world did this thing come from? Is that off the top of his head? You know, <clears throat> that does not sound like Tozer. He, he quotes Charles Spurgeon so often that it would blow your mind. Huh. Um, and he utilized the King James Version. And in his language, he would always do the thee, thou, thine. And, you know, so much of that is difficult for people to read. And the current reader will get frustrated with all of those aspects and not want to read it. And he also quotes scripture consistently and never cites it. And so as I'm reading it, I'm like, where in the world? I know I've heard that in the Bible. I know that scripture, but where is he getting this? Because in the King James, it was tough to wrap my mind around where it would be. So I took time to codify all of the quotes, codify all of the hymns he would, mm. would quote, codify all the scriptures, and would try to update some of his language to where it would be better understood so that a reader could follow it a little bit better and not get as frustrated with it. And Steve and I, we actually took two completely approach, two completely different approaches to our modernization. I wanted to keep a lot of uh, Simpson's pastoral voice and a lot of his original ideas. Uh, not that Steve didn't keep his ideas, but Steve really went through and, and made it, uh, I, I would say he probably modernized it a little bit more than I did, changing a lot more of Simpson's words to make it a little bit clearer. I wanted to keep Simpson's voice in this book a little bit more. Um, and and so I think some people wonder, you know, how much did you actually change and adjust as they read through? Yeah. But there are definitely uh, adjustments to that and uh, trying to make it flow a little bit easier for the reader. Yeah, yeah. And why is, why is it important? I, I think it's important because although we can't live in the past, I remember very clearly when President Stumbo was at council when he was elected, he said, we look too much in the rearview mirror and we miss what's in the windshield going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's truth to that, but I think that there are foundational blocks of our past that many of us have gotten away from. Uh, you know, and I think that it's important to kind of bring those back to the forefront of the beginning of our movement and recognize that what what uh, Spencer Sweeting said at council a couple of years ago, that we are a missionary 
and deeper life movement. Uh, I think we can focus on the missionary piece, which is not bad, and to the neglect of the deeper life. And uh, I just felt this book was one of those that could bring deeper life back to the forefront. That is why I'm in the Alliance, because of that combination. Absolutely. So, uh, Marv, give us a taste of what the rewrite looks like by reading a paragraph of the old and a paragraph of the new. Yeah, so I'm going to read... Uh, lessons about service, part of the chapter of the 1969 version. I don't know if you could see that. There we go. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So here's the, the passage that I'll read here. He says, the first lesson we learned from this book of object lessons is that it is impossible to do much service for God without ourselves fully entering into the experience of entire consecration. Now, I adjusted that to say this. The first lesson we learned from this book of objects lessons is that's imp- that it is impossible to do much service for God without ourselves fully entering into the experience of entire sanctification. So I adjust some of his words. I know that doesn't sound like a, a huge difference, but consecration is not always understood as well as sanctification in our movement. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I'll adjust some of that language, uh, you know, some of his illustrations that are in there needed to be updated and changed and uh, understood a little bit more. He talked about certain men in history that none of us would know about. And so I do, in one of his illustrations, change it to Tozer. Yeah, I saw that. Someone who, who who's not in, was not alive when he wrote it or in well, he was alive probably during the end of his life. But needless to say, I tried to adjust some of the language to make it more understandable. But the beat, as you can tell, is still very similar. So that's kind of where I would adjust things within sentences and paragraphs, certain words um, that would be more understanding to our movement now. I really appreciated, um, you know, in the intro to the book, you talk about how you decided not to kind of, how, how, what's the word? I forget the word you used. But sanitize. You know, sanitize. I was going to say clean, but I knew that wasn't what you used. But sanitize it. So you left things in there that not everybody might be on the same page with, but you didn't want to leave, you know, the original intent of Simpson in that way. So I think that was a good decision. I like that. And um, it allows us to wrestle with it and, and not forget where we've come from. So I think that's a good call. So thanks, thanks Al. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've done one. How about another one? What would you, what would you do next? (laughs) Man, again, there's so many books that he's written that have ministered to my heart. Um, I've not yet thought about which one I would try to rewrite and add a study guide to at this point. I am in the throes of my dissertation and finishing off my uh, doctoral program at Alliance Theological Seminary, which just got sped up significantly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I haven't had time to think through that, but I will, as soon as I'm done with this, look at those books that I highlighted overly much, uh, if that's even a word. But um, yeah, so it's probably coming down the pike, but uh, as of right now, I haven't chosen one or worked on one. Tell us uh, what your dissertation's about. So I, I wrote a book called Unleash, Empowering the Next Generation of Leaders, where uh, I developed a program of this idea of know, equip, and release. 
And I didn't really realize what I was doing as codification until I had to write that book. Abingdon Press approached me and asked me to write it because they heard and saw what was going on in our church plant. Wow. And so the goal of the dissertation is to do pre-tests of students who walked through the church plant and were part of our leadership team that I developed through this process and really trying to see, does it work? Does it actually grow and empower uh, Generation Z and millennials for leadership? And so far in my survey, it's proving to be yes. That it works. Good. All right. Praise God. That's awesome. So you've co-written another book as well called The Anchored Life. Tell us tell us about that book. Yeah. So uh, at my church in Indiana, uh, Pennsylvania, we are right next to a university called Indiana University of Pennsylvania. That's confusing. And one of my... What's that? <laughs> That's always confusing, right? Indiana University uh, oh of my Pennsylvania. Gosh. It is It is so confusing. Um, <laughs> but uh, in, our, in our church, a member... His name's Tim Hibsman. He's the co-author. He's an English professor there. And he came up to me with this idea. He loves sailing. He is, uh, I would say, obsessed with sailing and sh- and ships and going on the ocean in a boat, uh, several different types. And he wrote about 30,000 words of these different aspects that connect to scripture. And he looked at me and said, hey, I have all these nautical themes that connect to scripture. Can you write the pastoral material that goes with it? And I thought, man, this is a really quirky book. I don't know if this will actually, (laughs) you know, I don't know what it will do. But as I looked at the material, I began to just flow with the writing and it just, it really connects. And Mm. it it is an odd uh, take on scriptural uh, aspects and, and Christian growth. But it became very well done. Our editors just knocked it out of the park. And I was just passionate about it because there are so many nautical themes and nautical connections that we can attach truths to. And using those illustrations, I think, helps to anchor those things to our mm. lives. That's great. You know, Terry, if I ever took up uh, Mark Porter's offer for us to get a free tattoo, yes, I yes. would have uh, hope. On an anchor as my tattoo because of Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. So I think that I probably need to put that book on my reading list, uh, Marv. So you picked up another reader. I'll look forward to that. and uh, More royalties. Well, yeah, I'm sure I'm just right. I'm lining your pocket now, man. You just you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Fifty cents per Amazon book. That's you know huge. Yeah. Well, all right yeah. then. Well, I'm glad I can contribute to one sixth of a cup of coffee for you. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, one thing that's been encouraging uh, is seeing some of our younger alliance leaders start to write. Uh, you know, you've written. Uh, Justin Thornton has a great book on preaching. Uh, Steve, of course. Jim Rudd has been writing, and it's enjoyable to see some of these things. Uh, what Do you have a sense of what's stirring that, what's making that happen? Yeah, I mean, Justin Thornton and I, uh, he, he floated the idea of Alliance Writers Collective with me of, of gathering these people who are already writing mm-hmm. so that we can grow together as writers. And uh, Jim Rudd is a part of our, our launch team, and, and he's in that with us. And he, he says it well. He says, you know, this idea of a movement that we started as the Alliance started through worship and writing. And, and that's our passion for it. We already see the Alliance worship 
And I saw that as an opportunity to say, we writers are also creatives and, you know, worship is vital. And what, what Alliance worship is putting out, I put it on repeat. It is so good and so deep, just like the hymns that Simpson would write, uh, just like many of our other um, folks in the Alliance would write hymns and they were impactful for our movement then. I think these have the same uh, opportunities. And for writing, you know, Justin and Jim and I are passionate about it. And we believe that God is taking us to another level, a different um, powerful movement of our movement as we continue to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And so our, our passion is to get good books from our movement back in the hands of people within our movement, written by people in our movement. Um, and so we, we are very passionate about that. And we have a, a group that we're already putting together. We have rhythms that we've developed for our group. And we even want to kind of um, copy what Alliance Worship is doing in the fact that we want to gather together uh, for a retreat as writers to figure out, you know, how can we bless this movement more with good writing? Wow. I love Fantastic. that. Love to see you guys collaborating. Yeah, it's good. So uh, you kind of answered the first part of the next question, but I'll, I'll just ask you. I mean, there are other, there may be other people out there listening who are doing some writing too and might be interested in getting involved in that Alliance Writers Collective. How can they uh, how can they connect with that? Yeah, uh, it's pretty simple. the The Facebook group is the is kind of the hub of where we're at. If they look up uh, Alliance Writers Collective, they can join the group and see what we're doing and connect with us and understand what we're about. And we, we believe that we can be better together as writers where we can share kind of our manuscripts together, get input and, uh, you know, consistently get feedback from one another on what we're writing and where we're going as a movement. So it's easy to join. Uh, we, we do want to keep it to Alliance church members, Alliance leaders, uh, so that we can utilize these, these writings for the Alliance. Yeah. Um, so, if you're not necessarily Alliance, that's okay. Connect with us anyways. But we would love for all the writers who are in the Alliance to go to that Facebook page, like it, join in what we're doing, and collaborate with us. Um, because we really we have a sense from the Spirit that this is going to be a big deal. Wow. Good. That's really cool. So we're, we're recording this on July 11th, thus your rush to get done with your dissertation. But this will air on uh, December 30th, so I think it would be good for you to go on record here as to what you believe the record of the Steelers will be in this upcoming football season. Oh, man. And then we will know wow. whether or not you have prophetic gifts when we get to December 30th. <laughs> but we promise not to stone you if you're wrong. Yes. Wow. Okay, so there's 17 games. I think that they're going to go 10 and 7. Oh, all, right. all right. That's pretty optimistic there. 10 and 7. He's on the record for it. All right. Hey, Marv, we really appreciate you as a young up-and-coming leader. Absolutely. In the Alliance. And uh, thanks for writing. I love the way you talk about your writing. I think when God puts it in us, it just flows. And mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, really, really glad that you're writing and, and uh, reflecting Alliance distinctives. Yes. And the stuff that you're writing and, and uh, rewriting. So thanks for taking the time to join us today. We appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thanks. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. 
Thank you for having me here. It's really an honor to be with you guys. I really appreciate your podcast and how you are really living into the vision of equipping Alliance leaders through the podcast. So thank you guys for that. Our pleasure. Yep, I'm sure it is. So great conversation with uh, Marv Allen. And uh, you came away with uh, another book in your stack. Yep. What else did you come away with? I came away with just an appreciation for Marv more, to be honest, because I love his heart for the Alliance, just like we talked about in the intro. Uh, And this solidifies that. I came away with some real encouragement about this Writers Collective. Yeah. Because you know, I've actually commented to people throughout the years, not you know, not a lot, but occasionally that we just don't have a lot of writers in the alliance. You know that that you just say, oh yeah, well go read this guy because he really helps to make this clear or really helps what we're all about. It's just not out there. So to see that starting to emerge and to blossom is really encouraging to me. So if you're interested, you're doing some writing or interested in doing some writing, check out the Alliance uh, Writers Collective on uh, Facebook. And I'm sure you can find Marv and know how to get a hold of him at uh, Indiana Alliance Church in Pennsylvania, Western PA District. And uh, I think you will uh, be blessed uh, by your association with that group of young writers. Amen. So next time on uh, Equipping You Podcast, we're going to be talking to Alex and Hannah Absalom about... We're going to be talking about them, about actually using the gifts of the Spirit to reach the lost. You know, sometimes we we think about deeper life and gifts of the Spirit more inside the church, but they, uh, we have found them to be an excellent resource, even in our district. We've had them come to our district many times, and how, and they have a saying about making, um, what do they call it, a supernaturally natural life. And I love that, uh, because they just want to make the gifts of the Spirit uh, more in use by God's people uh, for the sake of reaching the lost. They're a great group of people. They're actually great to follow up on, even though they're not in the Alliance. Like they are right in the lifeblood of uh, the Alliance spirit. And I'm really thankful for them and the contributions they make to the broader church family. So you've whetted my appetite, Alan, and looking forward to that conversation. You'll love it, Terry. With the Absalom's. And uh, hope you'll join us again next time. We appreciate all of you uh, listeners and the encouragement that you give us along the way. So uh, join us next time. But meanwhile, keep the faith. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. For more information about this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Thank you.